giddy up folks because the racing pod is new and it's available every Friday for off the ball members join me John Duggan and Johnny Ward for previews analysis tips stories and crack join in the obsession subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join off the ball breakfast Ireland sports breakfast show Good morning. Hi guys. Good morning. How, how was it to watch it back? Because as you were saying, you were like the even the the scenes of the army boot camp, I guess you call it, were were a whole weekend. But obviously they had to condense it into the into the show. Yeah. Well, during the week I was a little bit nervous about how they were. I I, I had word that I my show. Oh my god. My family <laughs> and my piece was going to be in this yeah. week's show, um, and they tied it in nicely with the army because I had a great time with the army. There was yeah. a clip shown of me, and I was like, "This is the best thing I've done all year." <laughs> and like Ruth turned to me and she was like, "We our baby was born eight weeks before that. You forgot to mention that." Oops. I was just yeah, I was a bit excited. But no, I was a bit nervous about how they're going to edit the, the piece. You know, yeah. you just never know how it's going to show. But it was actually it was actually okay. It wasn't too cringeworthy. And uh, that army weekend was way tougher than they mm. they let on the show last night. Because I often wonder on, the, on these shows where they do those kinds of things, I'm like, oh, they definitely don't push these people as, as hard as, as it looks, but they clearly did. Yeah, like at some stage, the camera weren't even wasn't even filming and the army lads were screaming at us and we were kind of like, would you... Like come on now, like you know. <laughs> Wait, the cameras are on. They were f- they were full army mode. Like, have you ever done anything like that before? No, never quite like that. Um, but I, you know, I enjoyed the physical challenge of it, but I did not enjoy them shouting at yeah. me at all. And I was like, I went home after the first day. I was like, I'm never going to apply for the army. I'd never make it. I would never cut it with someone shouting at me like that. I take it. What but, about um, coaching in tennis? Like, would you get any <laughs> coaches throughout the years where they'd be like? shouting and wanting more and demanding yeah but there's a way of doing that you know like the, not the way they scream mm. at you like that they really belittle you almost whereas they're equal like, opportunists though right so they're screaming at everyone included. yeah yeah true but you know like you would think for a more nuanced management style would be like you're trying to find out what the person is like and get the best out of them yeah, they so don't like, care about that no no not at all like whereas in coaching like, you need different people with the and the stick I'm definitely not the stick I'm like you know I need that constructive criticism and I don't I don't mind being criticised but not being shouted at unnecessarily <laughs> sorry yeah. did you give that feedback at the time no oh, I can't even tell Same you what happened <laughs> if, if you maybe didn't show it last night in the clip but at one stage they asked us to pick up our take off our helmets huh? pick up the dirty water mm. and put it on her head right and I kind of was like oh no one's looking so I kind of did a bit of a like half and your man comes over and he screams at me but I <laughs> I gave it back to him I was like you yeah but it just came out I was like how stupid this is a show like and I was like I just washed my hair and it just poured yeah. and he came over and like smacked the thing on top of my head no way oh. yeah. is, that, is that in the series they don't show it on that no ah, I was so hoping the they'd, they'd catch it maybe yeah. there is a show yeah. at the um, in three weeks time where they showed the, the unseen bit so maybe yeah yeah but I hope they didn't catch me on camera saying I that. always find that sort of stuff really strange because I'm like what are you trying to achieve by That's, belittling people that yeah. much and they always show it in those sort of like sports shows where they're challenging people mm. or you know you get the ones where like celebrities have to go and they get trained by the SAS or whatever it yeah. is and I'm like what are you trying to achieve like do, do, do you actually feel like you learned anything from that experience apart from like just how tough you are or yeah that's a good point because upon reflection I was like I get why they do it they want to find people's breaking points physically and mentally uh, and it's generally more often mentally that people mm. break down before, mm. before, they, before they do physically um, whereas for me the physical side was just I really enjoyed it so I just shut out the, the fact that they were shouting at me and whatnot. and also we were there as a team it was a very much a team bonding mm. experience mm. I think and within that like who was le- who was the leader and who was able to pull their team through 
through so there was a lot more of that as a focus say for me or for some of the girls there to try and get the girls on your team through the challenge regardless of what was being shouted at you do you know um, but yeah from a team bonding point of view like I could see how it was it was it was very worthwhile because then we came together and played a match mm-hmm. against the army on the Sunday <laughs> and that was probably the best we played together then as a team because we had had that experience together many challenges being thrown in against them yeah. <laughs> oh yeah they were physical like the that. longest yard stuff like yeah. proper prisoners <laughs> versus wardens yeah. job here I'm more thinking you guys just like trying to get one back on them after shouting at after, you but everyone was so excited exhausted by that stage because yeah. it was that we had this amazing weather that weekend so that made everything that bit harder you know, with all the physical challenges and then come Sunday people were absolutely shattered but we, we still managed to beat them those girls that, that you mentioned that dropped out both on, on camera and off camera like were, were, were they all mental or was that was, were some of them physical there was definitely some more physical right. um, struggles than mental I think you mm-hmm. know um, actually to be honest most of them were physical either mm-hmm. injuries or people falling or just not being able to push through um, but in fairness to some of the other girls on, on the teams like they were really good at rallying the troops and, and keeping people involved and you know we had to carry a lot of like different kind of equipment and stuff so some people were just taking over and helping mm-hmm. just you know to try and get them over the line yeah, we've um, like our audience that were quite familiar with your story, and you know beating on Jabbar six love six love <laughs> and this like amazing, uh, amazingly talented tennis player, but for the elbow injury, who knows? But what I got from the the video that we just played there, and there's a longer version on Instagram and TJ Gatter's Instagram, you, you see the whole three minutes. Is your, I think your big was well, your biggest strength would be you're, you're just a competitor, and then tennis came second. Yeah, that's it's yeah that's funny you say that because like when I apply my competitive instinct or driving me to any sport it can be any sport so yeah. it just happened to be that tennis was the sport that I, I mm. went with like but did it run in the family did, it, did your family play tennis like your parents and like was it a thing that the Claffies did like was that yeah a, well my mum's a tennis thing? coach okay. so uh, again maybe that wasn't portrayed as clear in the in the, in the the clip there but she was a tennis coach so I, and I'm the last of five kids so I was dragged around to all the tournaments you know as a kid mm. watched my brothers play and they all play tennis and um, all very good tennis players as well um, and so I was dragged around and then just by by naturally I ended up then playing tennis just because of that like it could have been a different sport yeah. um, but it was tennis because it's amazing because I wouldn't say you fell into tennis because you were playing anyway yeah. but it wasn't like you grew up and you know you say saw the women in the finals like, I have to be a tennis player and yet you got to such a f- advanced level of the game but it wasn't a massive love was it tennis like Oh yeah, Would no, that be fair? no, no. Tennis definitely was my was my one love. Um, you know, I just said in hindsight, probably I might have been better suited to a team sport instead of the last time yeah. I was here. But you know, when I was in it with tennis, it was all I could think about and yeah. want to be and get to Wimbledon and uh, but I said I actually would say I probably fell into it by the fact that like my mum was a coach and then my brothers were playing and and then I was the last one who showed the most interest in it so then a lot of like the, my parents put a lot then into me in tennis and then I suppose by that then I was like mm. okay well I'll, I'll keep going with this but it was absolutely a, a love like it was all I wanted to do and be and, and for my teenage years and an adult life because I, I like mm. this is what's fascinating to me is that Ireland we just haven't got you know that tennis superstar yeah. and yet you, you go around the country and in every corner there's a tennis court and it's played as a leisure activity by many and yet like it's just we're just not represented around the world as tennis you know Andy Murray stood out as being a Scottish tennis player but he went to didn't he go to Spain In very Spain, young yeah. Yeah. yeah what's needed here to, to break through because it could have been you bar injury but how else overall I mean you're talking about an extreme talent for yourself but how, how do we get 
the rest of people yeah. playing young tennis and who want to actually make it professionally in Ireland. Yeah, it's like tennis is a very niche sport in Ireland. You know, if you look at all the, the big sports here, we don't come in the top five, if, if even the top no. ten of the sports here. So the infrastructure is not there. You say there are tennis courts there, but there's not the correct, maybe, um, say, if, you, if a club down in Cork have tennis courts, what are the people who are coaching there doing to try to get up to Dublin where the main hub of tennis is? Like, there's no clear pathway for kids. Do you know, so if we want to create more tennis players and, and create more professional sport, yeah. yeah, we need to start at grassroots levels, like really, like, you know, four and five and, and make the game more enticing because, like, the fact that it's an individual sport as well is quite tricky with yeah. the kids and stuff. And um, when they're that young, like, trying to specialise, and you can't specialise when you're four and five. Mm. You know, it has to be when they're a little bit older. And by that stage, they're teenagers, they're already involved in, in group team sports and, you know, friends and whatnot. So it's very hard to compete with those sports. Would the lack of professional Irish players frustrate you? Absolutely, like it did completely. Like it, it, when I was playing, and even now, it's like it's the same thing. Like if you want to make it in Ireland, you can't stay in Ireland. You have to yeah. go abroad because we just don't have a big enough pool of players here. And even playing with the guys here, mm. it's, there's not enough of a challenge, and there aren't enough of them for you to be tested week in and week out or every day at training. So that's why the likes of Andy Murray and even myself, I went to Spain, went to academy in Spain, and then I lived in Holland. You know, to get that competition and where you are then the small fish in the big pond whereas when you're here you're the big fish in the small pond so you need that challenge and that pressure and you just won't get that here so yeah and even now if you look at, at any of the players there, we how many you can count on one hand how many are playing professional but also with that there are many other it's multifaceted like it's such an expensive sport we're on an island here so competition is huge you know competition is so important if you want to make it as a pro you can't stay in Ireland so you need to have the funding then to travel which is yeah. a, a big thing it's and a huge risk for the family to take yeah, yeah family and then anyone else like nobody you know everyone wants to back a winning horse so until you've actually proven yourself you're not going to get the financial support so it's a bit of a catch-22 but there's so many issues with, with tennis in Ireland like really? as I said the infrastructure the lack of clear pathway um the like the national training center say like there's no clear like direction of where we're going with them then funding is a problem the weather the weather is <laughs> i was gonna get there the weather is using we have we only have a certain amount of indoor courts in ireland and like if you look at our climate here it's mm. outdoors and the surface we play on in ireland is to suit the it's, it's artificial grass it's to suit the weather as opposed to suit the progression of your game that's really interesting yeah yeah um, so we so need Sorry, when when you're coaching players, are you coaching them just to improve as tennis players? Are are you coaching them like some of these could turn pro? Like, what's your approach with the people that you coach? So when I finished playing pro professional tennis, I then decided I'm not going to get involved in professionals like in, yeah. in performance coaching in Ireland because I just felt there wasn't and even one person I know it only takes one person and whatnot but I just didn't have that drive in me to, to go to perform down the performance route because I just felt like the gains are so small yeah. and there's such a small chance like you know I was very, very lucky that I was you know very talented and also had that hard work and you know made it and, and could have gone even further with my career but like we just don't have that that here sorry and that's not the reason why I don't coach just because people yeah. aren't talented it's just that the gains are so small there's there's no clear direction for them to go so I'd rather coach the like the, the club player who has always got something they need to work on and will walk away from there always feeling satisfied that they've learned something and got, gotten some, somewhere and they take the enjoyment out of the, the hour that they're there like at performance it's there's so much pressure it's all about the, the marginal gains and the winning and then there's pressure from the parents and you know I was like I just after I played I was like I've spent my whole life doing that myself I don't want to be involved in that when I when I stepped away I think your mum, Brida, in, in the show last night uses the word determined to best describe you. Like even the, that impact of your brothers, having older 
brothers especially to to look up to but also to compete with and to, to fight with probably when you're, when you're a kid it must have helped <laughs> absolutely like I have four older brothers as I mentioned <laughs> and I will never live down one of my my the middle uh, my second brother sorry Aiden. he is an incredibly talented sportsman like golf he's a plus mm-hmm. golfer like whatever he picks up he's good at <laughs> I remember when I was 10 he said to me oh I'd bit you with my left hand oh. and I was like no way so he beat me with his left hand and I swear that was the the, the fire in my belly I needed really? to pursue because after that I would like I never lost him again like right handed like when he played right hand I never lost him after that so you know having my brothers definitely uh, really helped me and pushed me because I always had them to play against because they were always better than me until a certain age um, and that and that really did motivate me that yeah. I never lived that one down he always reminds you of it um, one thing that's mentioned as well that we, it, it's included in the video clip we played and like feel free to not talk about by all means but you mentioned it therapy in the end of 2018 yeah and I suppose there's a lot of people listening in this morning who might like be struggling with their journey and all that it might Mm. be really helpful for to people to hear about how you got out the other side yeah so ending up in therapy was a you know a combination of things so it was uh, I think the the ending of my professional sporting mm. career was probably the, the catalyst or the, the straw that broke the camel's back because I just didn't really know where I was going like as I said that identity crisis of like who is Jenny Claffey without tennis and professional sport and this all my direction my whole life you know I was 28 at the time my whole life to that stage was I want I want to get to Wimbledon I want to be a professional athlete and then the tennis didn't work out so then I tried the the rugby sevens and then that ended and then it was like I didn't know who I was I had nobody around me you're so used to having a team around you everything that falls off to the wayside and then it's just me and then you know I was like where am I going and then I met Ruth and then like you know at that stage like Ruth is my now wife Um, prior to meeting Ruth I had only ever dated men so then this was a huge like complete and utter like yeah. shock to me so then I just really needed help with kind of you know where I'm going and, and who I am as a person and then I, I started to like you know turn that self hate into self love and and since then like you know really really worked hard on myself and come through on the other side and you know therapy was actually the best thing I ever did and, and definitely saved my life back then mm. Do you ever wonder what it would have been like if you had access to something like that when you were playing? Yeah, you know, when I was playing sports at the time, I had a sports psychologist. So, you, you know, that's what I thought that I needed. Mm-hmm. But in hindsight, like, you know, a sports psychologist is always going to be working on the going forward and yeah. the next thing. Whereas, you know, in therapy, you're looking back at mm-hmm. any like childhood trauma or any traumas that you've experienced or things that have, have, have shaped you to be the person that you are. Um, so I do think that having access to sports psychologist was what I needed at that time when I was mm. playing sport but then when I finished there was no transition from you know like they talk about that a lot like there's no transition from professional sport then into normal life mm. and that was where I really I really struggled and you see that a lot with a lot of sports people and um, that there should be better inf- structure around that when you finish like you know where you're going to go into I know now it's probably better in the rugby because I know some of the guys like they're, they're in, during their career they're working on their mm. their career portfolio Johnny Sexton had already started in the working world you know one day a week before he retired yeah, yeah. that's an extreme example obviously yeah, yeah. but that, that's in those team sports and in those bigger uh, like teams like Leinster and one that they have that kind of structure for the players whereas in an individual sport it's, it, it, like most things it's all left I remember chatting to Karen Duggan about it on the Koi Gig podcast that I do with her and she was saying when she retired from the international team there was like a tweet that went out from the account being like congratulations to you for your career and then that was it and like she was still playing with P-Mount and she still had that side of things but it was like a really weird time for her after that and she said she really really struggled with it because there was no it was just like 
an end and there was no kind of big farewell or you know it wasn't yeah. slowly done out or anything or there was no one there to kind of turn around and say are you feeling okay after this or yeah. do you need a little bit of help and she was still playing so maybe there was a sense that people thought because she was still playing she'll be fine but yeah. she was like I really wasn't and I, I wish someone had just turned around and asked me are you okay yeah. and it took so long for that to actually happen That's really interesting but like you get so used to being okay with mm. not being okay mm. um, and when you are performing at a high level like your emotions and feelings just maybe maybe like this is a few years ago but we're not validated by anybody else so you just had to suppress them and then no matter how crap you felt you know you still had to turn up a training you still had to put your best foot forward and then when that ended then it was like all these uh, everything kind of you know the, the kind of worms worms opened um, but like like that you're saying you ha- I, like for me when I was an individual ten- like tennis player an individual team you have a team around you mm. an individual player you have a team around you and like every morning I'd have one of my coaches text me like how are you feeling today you know mm. how's the body and then it was like that it was literally overnight yeah. it all stopped yeah. and it's not, like they have to get on with their lives I understand that but like I was just, I felt like I had just been cut off and I was like where do I go now that topic is so fa- uh, like yeah. it's so intriguing because it's what happens the morning after <laughs> the last day you're professional mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah what, how do you like you wake up and it's a brand new life but you hadn't prepared for certainly in your instance where it was taken away from you rather yeah. than by choice yeah that was I think I think that was probably even more difficult because I also was in pain and struggling with yeah. an injury uh, and then this was a lifelong injury it wasn't something that I was ever going to recover from and in the game of tennis was taken away from me and that has been my whole life as I mentioned you know like since I was three and four I've been dragged around to tennis mm. courts like it's still my mum is still coaching I'm, and I'm now coaching but at the time I hated tennis but when I, I do remember like those months afterwards being like I hate this game look what it's done to me it's ruined my life you know when actually in fact now I can look back and think like it's been the, the best thing you yeah. know that mm. I've done and it's given me so many amazing opportunities but yeah, so you wake up you say like you wake up the next day it's like what do I do? Mm. Yeah. Not even like training. And it, Who do I talk to? I was thinking this during the week because um, Megan Rapino <laughs> went off in the first three minutes of her final ever game <laughs> and she had an Achilles injury mm. and I saw she had surgery yesterday and the all rain tweeted about it. They were like, yeah, she's doing fine. But I was like, how mentally your entire life any injury you get you're recovering for something or you have something to work towards mm. and I'm sure she has plenty of other stuff happening in her life but I, it's exactly what you're saying there and I know it's slightly different in that she chose when she was going to finish and yeah. she had that unfortunate thing happen but I was like how do you mentally cope with oh I actually have to just recover now just to be healthy it's not actually for a match or yeah. anything else that made that again that was also a very much more difficult situation because it was like what am I recovering for now yeah. Do you know and and it, and because I was so hampered, like it was my elbow, I had surgery. It was like I couldn't really do like even go to the gym, which gave me some. You're kind right-handed of, as well. Right-handed, yeah. yeah. Like it, all of your day-to-day things are taken away from you, and like and also f- for athletes, like routine is massive. Like for everyone, <laughs> routine is is a huge part of your success, and you know trying to chase after the next thing, as you're mm. saying there. And when you don't have a goal, and you're somebody who's so goal-oriented, and that's your you spend your whole life changing your goals and analyzing your goals, and you know, and then you wake up one day, and then you're in pain nobody's talked to like it's only kind of natural then that you, you start spiralling and going down and it's that it's uh, that identity thing not just for yourself <clears throat> like so you would have recognised yourself as Jenny Claffey the tennis player but also like friends neighbours cousins like they would have presumably always constantly asked you about how the tennis like even I, I hadn't realised you'd won your third professional event which is insane yeah. and like they've got to that level and then everyone around you is asking you about tennis 
So, so I'd imagine it, it was a struggle from that perspective as well, not just you and yourself, but other people consistently. What's they talking about now? Well, that, that, that <laughs> must have been in your head as well. Yeah. So one of the things after I, I finished playing tennis, when I, when if I ever heard someone had me in their phone as like Jenny Tennis, I'd like take that off, uh-huh. take that out of my title, uh-huh. Better change my phone here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like, I guess like, you know, in, in what you're, not quite what you're asking me there, yeah. but like the, the, the hating tennis after I played because of how mm. distraught I was mm. that this had all been taken away from me and the anger you felt and, you know, that I just hated the game and like even to that point I'd be like, don't, like I genuinely would be like, take the tennis out of my title, please. Like, I, that's, that's nice. not me anymore. Do you know? And, and, I had to learn to deal with that obviously yeah. and and as I said I've now can reflect on my career very positively and it's given me just the life that I have now and I'm now coaching and running a great business and coaching and you know I'm very very lucky and grateful for it now but as I said like if I didn't have that experience in therapy I don't know that I'd be in the situation I'm in now Yeah, mm. uh, for people who haven't seen this season of the underdog so this is soccer rather than GA <laughs> yeah. have you improved your right foot? What's going on? <laughs> Ask the coach. So I'm not sure that they'll agree. And uh, no, I've been going down to the wall, like where in I've atten- in in Carrick where I work. Yeah. There's one of those handball alleys. So I'm I'm uh, put penciling in like 30 minutes, not every day, but good a few days of the week to just kick, go down and kick and kick and just try and get comfortable with the right foot. That's for myself as well. But I've been mm. trying to do it the last while because my touch just needs constant improvement. Um, was it? Has the underdogs been what you expected going into it? Um, going, I, do you know what? I look back and I'm like, you know, you always want to know, find your why. Like, why did I decide to sign up to the underdogs? And the thing for me was, I wanted a challenge. And yeah, I think if I look back and that's the only thing I look for, I'm like, yeah, that was. It has been a challenge. Mm. And you know, like I mentioned before, like I've only playing soccer two and a half years. There's girls on that team who've played women's national league, who've played mm. for Ireland at underage. You know, and I'm competing on the same team as them. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's like, class. Yeah, like, and you have to take a step back sometimes and reflect and be like, this mm. is really cool. Like, mm. this, it's a different ball game altogether. No pun intended. Like with my yeah. you know my feet and it's a, it's really hard for mm. me for what I was saying that to you guys um, so it is it's pretty cool and the challenge I've enjoyed the challenge like all the challenges we've had obviously in the army and all those parts and putting yourself out there with a whole new group of people in front of a camera stuff you know I've never I know I've done like this kind of stuff but it's not yeah. the same being on TV and, and then like letting them into your family and you know, you're, you're vulnerable being vulnerable again um, in front of strangers um, so yeah it has given me that that what I've been looking for and you know I'm looking forward to the challenge of playing Galway United on the second to and yeah. and then hang not hanging up my boots but hanging up my boots for a few weeks and spending some time with my, my yeah. family yeah. straight yeah. up on the LinkedIn yeah this, oh, right? yeah that's me yeah. you know yeah. so this is uh, every Thursday night half nine TG Cahar yes for the next many, three weeks next three mm. weeks yeah, yeah Ruth, Ruth and Lindy were the real stars of the show absolutely, last night as well absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad they got in the limelight <laughs> yeah incredible she's, she's the real hero <laughs> yeah but it's it's such a great story like but it has it it's had its ups and downs which is probably what makes it such a brilliant story yeah exactly. like not just obviously your story therapy which is going to help a lot of people but the the tennis the injury the retirement the identity crisis like it's just I think a lot of people are going to resonate with it even if they're not sports people mm. which is amazing as well yeah the struggle is part of the journey mm-hmm. yeah it's true and, and even, I was looking at the you know the, the army stuff you think of the physicality of it but also the the lifting the human dummy over a pole which on paper sounds really easy but yeah. so much teamwork is needed and like yeah. I think one team did it was a minute and 28 seconds and they're supposed to do it in under a minute yeah. and they got absolutely ripped into ripped, it but it's yeah. such a it, these things like the teamwork I'd say element of it was so fun yeah I really enjoyed the, the coming together and getting to know this group of 25 girls it's been really cool mm. and like the eliminations have been pretty 
rough like you know because you might start getting to know someone and then they get eliminated and you know it's, it's a bit awkward I'd say for the coaches but mm. the whole experience the, the experience as a whole has just been really great getting to know new people and um, bond over our, all of our love of football and then with all these random ch- challenges thrown in yeah it's mm. been it's been really cool and character mm. building as well You had Abby Larkin on the show last night and she came in to talk to you guys obviously the youngest ever player to play at a World Cup for Ireland what's it like kind of having someone that young and obviously she's achieved so much and but she's very much at the start of her professional career and you as someone who's had a career in professional sports beforehand like is it interesting or is it kind of strange taking I, I don't know if advice is the right word but no, I loved I loved hearing her story. Like she's so young and mm. and obviously very talented, um, but very um, you know not, not naive, I guess. You know, she had never played was it right? Never played for Ireland and then goes and plays in in the World Cup. Yeah. Right? prior to that hadn't had much experience at that level mm. and was playing in a World Cup and the way she talked about it so nonchalantly I was like that's yeah. like for me like getting to Wimbledon I'm like that's the biggest <laughs> yeah. thing you can ever do and uh, and she just talked about it so casually uh, she seems like a really nice girl and I think uh, she's incredibly talented so I look forward to seeing her following her journey but it was cool to you know you can always learn from anybody whether mm. they're an athlete or just anyone on the street you can always learn and listen Come here the ATP finals is on Djokovic last his uh, 19 match uh, winning streak yeah. but he's still into the semi-finals but more importantly Nick Kyrgios has made his commentary debut for the tennis channel <laughs> yeah. he's quite good yeah oh, did you hear any of him I thought he was yeah he was good he made uh, it's not like he talks a lot on the court or anything <laughs> I know but I was thinking it was going to translate to the media you know what I mean yeah. and, but he can analyse the game he's very well analyzed he's it. actually very knowledgeable about tennis which I know it's like he's a professional tennis player of course but he gives off the vibe it's too good for school and I don't care about tennis my brother was yeah. in a it was a, a, a having a, a piss at a urinal in Sydney Whoa. in a bar in Sydney I mean, excuse excuse my language. I know yeah. I know but at a bar in Sydney the other day and uh, Nick Kyrgios pulls up beside him and he was in the bar no way yeah, you never told me out. that yeah I forgot I to tell you yeah there you go so you might have serious alerts on the phone like yeah <laughs> where so is he is analysis analysis is brief, excuse my language by the way <laughs> I think if you put any tennis player into yeah. a booth they would be able to analyse the game as mm. that is part of your job but, but he's he can actually articulate got a good, it yeah, yeah he's yeah. got good rapport I think and he yeah he's, he's I don't think he's going to play that much again he's played one match all year so this probably is going to be his future do you think is he gonna? I think he wants to make a comeback though. He doesn't have the commitment for it, you know. But I think he'll do like a one, a last hurrah. Ah, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, and yeah, just probably. lose in the first round. But yeah, the HP final to see Djokovic lost to Sinner. He lost to Sinner. That was is, the unbeaten streak. But they're both true. Uh, and then he was getting booed by the fans, Djokovic, and he was because uh, mm, it's in Italy. So Sinner's yeah. the home favourite, and uh, he's first Italian to get to the last four of the ATP finals in the fifty-four year history of the competition. And, and then Djokovic has been the conductor to the crowd of booing him. Twenty-four Grand Slams and no respect. <laughs> Respect. Uh, <laughs> Not favourite. Yeah, there's a lot of respect for you, Jenny. After these uh, these episodes, really enjoyed last night, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep keep track of the, the story of the next number of weeks. Thanks, Thanks for popping in. Thank you, Christoph. As always, Jenny Claffey there with us just before nine o'clock on this Friday morning and off the ball. Giddy up, folks, because the racing pod is new and it's available every Friday for off the ball members. Join me, John Duggan and Johnny Ward, for previews, analysis, tips, stories, and crack. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join.